Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Coops Gaming Podcast, crispy takes on games and culture. I'm your host, Justin, and I've got an awesome guest here today, a friend of mine who I met through TikTok. We have uh, Serotonin Gaming, or, or Kevin. Can I call you Kevin? Yeah, that's totally fine. Thank yeah? You. Is that good? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm okay. Do you prefer Serotonin or Kevin? What should I call you? Kevin, actually, uh, the the hardest part of moving to Twitch was not calling people by their first name. <laughs> so I'm, I'm I'm with Kevin. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. On Facebook, you get all the first names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then I feel disrespectful if I don't call them the first names, and so I'm like guessing yeah. all the time. I'm like <laughs> doing Goodwill Hunter. Well, I'm glad to move over to a first name basis with you then. Yeah, I appreciate it, dude. Thank you. Yeah. So, so Kevin, what? Tell us a bit about your yourself. Help us get to know you a little bit better. I know you as kind of a content creator. You've talked to me a bit about your history. It, maybe give me just a history of your gaming. I remember you saying something about playing pretty uh, Overwatch pretty seriously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I Overwatch was probably my first really competitive game, and like I, it was probably the first game too where I was like. I'm going to get really good at this. And I put a lot, mm. I, yeah, I put a lot of time into that, but I've been playing video games probably as, as young as I can remember, dude, super Nintendo, NES. Like I, I've been a gamer since day one for sure. Nice. What's yeah. uh, your favorite SNES game? There was a Mario game with the seven stars. Do you know yeah, what I'm talking super about? Super Mario yeah. RPG, man. Yeah. Yeah. That just hit home for me, man. <laughs> I love that game. I one of my dream, one of my collector dreams is to own a, a cartridge of that. Those are worth a, a a lot of money. I'm sure, dude. I'm sure. Uh, like it's like a it's like Donkey Kong 64, and Mario 64, and some of these other games. They're going for crazy prices too. And so, did you ever end up competing at Overwatch? Like, did you join a team, or like where did that go? No, no. I so I got into it season three, and the game started dying around season 13, 14. And so I actually grinded all the way up until season 13 and 14. I got to top 500 then. And then I was looking into doing some scrims and stuff like that. But that community is especially tough. And a lot of times you just you don't mesh, mesh with a lot of people. <laughs> it's a pretty toxic community. It's tough. Yeah, honestly, that's, that is a story that I've heard quite a bit. Is that like uh, at a lot of the top echelons of esports, their like personalities become... And team dynamics become very difficult to manage. Yeah, I mean, I would even speak to myself. I I identified with the character I played with. Like it was like if if someone came to me and I even knew they were joking, and they're like, "You're bad at that character," it would rub me the wrong way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, like in a team setting, you're probably you know you're playing support, right? So you're Correct. you're probably going to be asked to you know, oh, okay, Mercy's meta, so like learn learn that. Yeah, yeah, they'll try to force you into the role. You know, you're off, oftentimes the quickest one to get blamed and support too. But you also have oh, the loose sure. control. You could heal as much as you want. You could support people as much as they want. If they flop, they flop. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, missing headshots, missing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's it is, it, and then and then not only that, but you're relying on five other people, and that's hard. That takes patience and like inner work. Like you have to work on yourself too. <laughs> Yeah, and that's that's something that always held me back and and really bothered me about playing league. Like I tried to go I tried to take league pretty seriously for a while. And yeah, the culture around league is just so mm -hmm. so poor, so centered on blaming others for your for mistakes. Yes. That like even the atmosphere in terms of even if you're you're good and you're like fo self-focused and you're self-improvement focused. 
there's four other people, you know, ready, ready and willing to tear you down, right? Like, absolutely. And you can have your best game ever. You could do the best job you've ever done and still lose. And that too is so <laughs> disappointing. <laughs> yeah. And that's what's so, yeah. Anyway, we could get into all the game balance stuff is like, w- at least League of Legends used to be a game where if you were playing out of your mind, you could solo carry. Like you could, okay, you yeah. could get the team, you could put the team in the backpack and just push. But like the the game has changed to a space now where that's like impossible. <laughs> have you have you heard about the new changes they're doing to league? I'm not a big league player, but I know that they're like like balancing health pools quite a bit. Yeah, so they're they are they are reducing overall damage in the game and making yeah. uh, everyone more survivable, which is like yeah, everything has a push and a pull, right? I'm really curious to see how that will shake out yeah. because. Yeah. There's also what the weird part about the the game is like, it depends on how they're targeting the damage in in terms of reducing damage and increasing survivability. Because there's a lot of things in League of Legends that do percent max HP, Mm. for example. So like every auto attack I do does, you know, 10% of your max HP. Okay. Or, Or whatever, just as a random example. And so you can so okay are you increasing hp pools okay well now hp percent attacks are stronger so yeah does that actually you know what i mean like yep. there's just there's so many moving parts for them in that game it's very interesting and percent attack sounds op in general and if yeah if you increase the health yeah. pool, then other things are going to suffer yeah yeah and and there's the, the the main problem i would say and the reason that i am happy i'm so happy that i have gotten to leave league of legends behind is that League has taken this this attitude of like our goal is to move the target so often that player like the these legacy players who've invested, you know, thousands of hours, you know, like I have, are are just like we keep them hooked by moving this target constantly instead mm-hmm. of allowing like keeping the game the same long enough to like develop deep expertise the meta is constantly changing. Yeah, interesting. You and know, there's like so many to, characters too. So yeah. many. Like, so like today, it'll be like, oh, you just want to build flat HP because that's what's powerful. Okay, well, if you're being building flat HP, then percent HP damage, like I mentioned, is powerful. Okay, well, yeah. okay, next week, you know, another micro patch drop and now it's resistances. You build resistances and not max HP anymore. Okay, now we don't build percent damage attacks. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's just they're constantly moving that target around. And that is the most exhausting thing as a gamer. I think Apex Legends is the exact same state right now. That exact thing you just described is exactly what's happening in Apex. They move okay, the guns tell, around. Tell me about that because I've, I've interacted with Apex only casually. Like sure. I, I've, I, when it first came out, I was like, yo, this is a battle royale I could play. Because I'm actually a huge fan of Titanfall. I played a ton of Titanfall 1 and 2. Okay. So it was really cool for me to see the studio putting out something and then seeing it have like such, such you know, a popular success was really exciting for me. But yeah, again, I only ever played it really casually. So yeah, tell me about that. What What is the, what, how are, I, I'm honestly having trouble conceptualizing that because isn't it just like guns? Like what are they changing? 
Yeah, there's actually so many things that they can change. They change one, obviously, damage and things like that, fire rate, reload speed, you know, basic nerfs and balances they constantly do. So mm-hmm. similar to similar to League. But then there's also uh, a thing in the game where you craft items and guns and guns go in that it's called a replicator and then there'll be a care package which they rotate those weapons around so those weapons get buffed a lot and change the meta of the game and so and on top of that they're adding new legends right and there's not a big legend pool in apex it's probably 12 i don't know how many characters there are not not a lot and so when you add a new character there's only three things that can happen it either sucks it's either pretty mid or it's op and a lot of times it's OP. And so the meta is constantly shifting so hard. On top of this new rank mm. system they put in, they put in a whole new way of handling rank where kills aren't valued until the end of the game. And so it moved the needle, or you said the needle, was the needle the term you used? It, it shifted I was talking the about, yeah, shifting the target. Yeah, yeah, shifted the target completely in, for the whole rank system. So not only are just metas constantly changing and things are constantly changing on purpose, they're doing it on purpose. And I think... After hearing you talk about League of Legends, they probably took notes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I I wonder. So the 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 gaming history behind that is that League of Legends, like Riot Games, was purchased by Tencent. Okay. And I, I don't know if you know this, but Tencent is actually largely responsible for the popularity of Fortnite. People, okay. mo- I think a lot of people don't know this. So Fortnite was the was you know it, it's obviously you know the premier battle royale game. And yeah. but before its battle royale mode, it was a PVE game type. I don't, I don't know if you remember that. I I remember seeing it in the menu and being like, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's yeah. It was it was a total flop of a game. It was like a weird co-op like uh, wave defense game. Mm-hmm. And so it, they had invested tons of money into this game, and it was a complete flop. So they went to they went to Tencent. And they they cut a deal with them. They sold ten percent of the game to Tencent, and okay. then Tencent and, and and Tencent is like a massive Chinese gaming company. And they basically said, "Okay, you're gonna do. We're gonna show you guys this thing called Games as Live Platform. So you're you are you don't you no longer make a video game. You are making a sales platform." Um, oh. And I mentioned this a bit in our last episode, actually on monetization, but the so f- that's why Fortnite, ne- like as soon as it became popular, it was do they did concerts, they did like, th- and that was all intentional right from when they got it hooked up with Tencent. Yeah, and they're so good at it now. They're so good. At <laughs> yeah, it. I just saw, um, it. I just saw Goku, Goku, Gohan, Piccolo, and Vegeta are coming into Fortnite, and I'm like, dude, I'm I'm there. I'm- <laughs> How yeah. go? <laughs> yeah and like and that's right because they're they're selling you like it's basically like almost like a social media platform right like it's they're selling you collectibles and stuff to flex on your friends because there's mm-hmm. like a the main thing that they're selling you is like the media platform itself yeah right and, and apex does the same thing and their skins like fortnite and, and warzone do the same exact thing you're talking about as apex but apex skins are 18 dollars. they're 18 dollars <laughs> And so, yeah. it, it, and then you like when you when you have the money, then you have uh, a reason to flex. And it's just, it's so interesting to hear this conversation and talk about it because I think Apex is doing all of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. Sorry, I, I'm trying to remember what was your original point just before I said this stuff. Just to how they're constantly like almost rerouting the carrot on the stick, right? Chasing the carrot, and and <clears throat> they're just changing things constantly. 
constantly, and it sounds just like what what a league is doing or a league did. My personal opinion is I I think that that is like the worst thing to ever happen to video games. Yes. <laughs> like in my yeah. opinion, it is like one of the most horrendous things to do. That's why, like to be honest, I think that's why a lot of video games don't feel satisfying anymore because yeah. they're not they're not intended to satisfy, right? Like they're not yeah. intended to be fun and interactive right they're intended to be you know like dopamine to, receptors <laughs> yeah exactly they're they're intended to leave you wanting yeah interesting right That's a really good point absolutely you never feel satisfied um, in a lot of these games you never feel good you always want more you always yeah, want to keep going like, and that's what really broke me from the battle royale genre is like, yeah, okay. I played Fortnite when it came out, season one, season two. I played, you know, Apex. I played uh, Warzone. You know, basically like first seasons of those games. Mm-hmm. I I never could do it because they were all so ultimately unsatisfying to me. Like, interesting. You 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 get a victory, and then it's just like, queue up, queue up, go yeah. next, right? Like. <laughs> Literally. And like what? Like I'm not. I, there's no progression system. There's no like. You don't get cool rewards, really. Even Mm-mm. like. <clears throat> you know what I mean? Like if if this was a game that was designed in like 20, I don't know, like the 2000s. You know, like winning winning a match would actually like get you something. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, like you call you call of, Duty back to like call of Duty, yeah. Yep. Exactly. It started that. Done. 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 Dun, 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 right like the 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 yeah. modern warfare like level up music at the yeah, end of the match, yeah yeah you get a nuke and the the peak of your reward was a nuke which was yeah. ever chasing you were ever you were always chasing this nuke and then when mm-hmm. you got one game was over and you did it again <laughs> it's the same thing yeah yeah but at least there was these like it was it's designed around these like shorter and more fulfilling things right like imagine if there was a nuke in apex yeah. Well, there's a 20 bomb. Right. There's, that's that's the nuke. Yeah, the but, it does, but it doesn't actually nuke the map. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> like imagine if you're go, you're going off in Apex, you get 25 kills and then you literally nuke the map and win. Yeah. Right? Like You're right. That that would be very satisfying actually. Mhm. But that's not what they're trying to do for you. Exactly. Okay, I see your point. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It, and like, and you know there's a reason this, that that there's a Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. The the shift that you're talking about, you know how you, you said you shifted away from Battle Royales and just maybe even first person shooters too? Like, are you just kind of like feeling over that I genre? Love, I, I, have a, I have a deep place in my heart for FPSs, man. Like, that's sure. what I grew up on. I played so much mm-hmm. Counter-Strike, so much Halo. But yeah, I, FPSs as a competitive space, I am totally out of that. And and I have a problem where I feel like I'm in that shift where I'm like st- slowly starting to like dislike those games. But I get so caught up in that competitiveness. And so it's like I'm the dog. Yeah. I'm like the donkey chasing the stick and I don't want to be. But then if I play, I get caught up in that rat race again. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I want this. <laughs> One of the things that I really hope happens in the wake of Corona is that I, I hope that more people get involved in local gaming scenes. Yeah. Like I think one that of the has weird things. Yeah, yeah, and I and I I hope that like yeah, I hope that it becomes a big trend. The reason I say that is that I think some one of the illusions that these games give is that these online ranked leaderboards really don't matter as much as people think they do. Mm-hmm. 
like both in terms of developing skill and in terms of becoming professional. Yeah. Okay. Like, what do you mean? Like, so, so here's a great example. I have a couple of friends who are fairly high rank in league of legends Uh and they joined a university team. And then some of those people are like in Academy for league of legends right now. Okay. And they're not even like in, they're not like even in challenger. Like they're not even in the highest rank. Oh, so you're saying right? you're saying the opportunities kind of lie outside of of that ranking system. I would go even even further and say that like local gaming scenes are the best way to become the best competitor. Interesting. Like if you're trying to take a competitive mindset, like think think about Overwatch, your experience with Overwatch, right? You grinded mm-hmm. like crazy online. Yeah. And like but imagine what the difference would have been if you were like on a university team or something. You were oh, yeah. with a pre, you were with a pre-made six. Yep. Right. It's six in Overwatch, right? Yep. 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 And and you, you know what I mean? And and the, the those other guys were all good, you know, on the same level as you. And then you guys yeah. got to train together, play together, you went to tournaments, you know what I mean? Like Bro, maybe you didn't story, even do very good. But like you would probably scroll up like crazy. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Your story's giving me goosebumps. <laughs> Yeah, it's all good. It's all good. Like it, it literally, like if that that would happen, I would have been in a different spot in my gaming career. And like your skill level would have gone yeah. exponentially higher than just you sitting in a room by yourself, just grinding your own specific stuff, right? Like, yeah, wow. It's, it's it, like one of the greatest examples is like I, I remember I had an experience where I, I used to play a ton of Smash Bros. And when Smash Ultimate first came out, I was playing a ton of Smash Ultimate and a friend of mine was constantly grinding away online. But I was playing a lot of local tournaments. And when me and this friend came together, my friend was like, you know, like very, very, very high ranked in Elite Smash online. I absolutely whooped him. Oh, oh. It was not even close. And he was like really kind of pissed actually about it. I'm not trying to say that to flex on my own skill. I'm just saying like there's just like a completely different type of competition that happens, I think, in local Mm -hmm. and in-person competition. Part of the reason that I beat him was because I was playing against a person in these local tournaments who was who mained the same character. Mm -hmm. And we talked shop all the time. I taught him everything that I knew about how to counter my character. He taught me everything he knew about how to counter his character. And like, you know, it was, it was fun. I, I just come with a very different level of experience to that match. Whereas he's got like maybe a more generalized understanding. And also I think, I think also local tournaments remind you that like you're playing against players. Yeah. Yeah. It's human. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, and you'll hear this from elite players all the time. You play the player. Yeah. Right. You don't play. You're not playing, you know, against, uh, you know, a Genji. You're playing against so-and-so's Genji. Yep. Right. Yeah. I'm sure I'm sure that you can bring that same kind of perspective to online. I'm not trying to just totally dunk on online play. I, I think it just I think it just comes with a very different mentality. And it comes with it comes with also an understanding of like there's a gaming community around this. So I actually need Ooh. to behave myself in a sort of at least semi-respectful manner so mm-hmm. that I can keep playing. <laughs> yeah, there's some integrity forced. 
Yeah. Yeah. Man, my my I would probably be pro right now in that description right there. Like it, like there would it would be would have been so different. My Overwatch career would have been so different if I had signed up for some kind of team like that. Because the camaraderie would be there, the the reps were, would be there. We'd be get repetitions relentlessly. You know, you practice mm-hmm. and get to know these people. And oftentimes yeah. in, in in Overwatch, I'm playing with one person. You know, online, I'm not having a team of six like that always. It's pretty yeah. pretty hard to get a team of six. Interesting. And even then, like, let's say you do that for a couple of years and let's say it bombs, right? Your team mm-hmm. sucks. It goes nowhere. Nothing happens, right? Like no sponsorships, no nothing. You have a bunch of years of experience of being a good teammate. Yeah. Right. And, and, and trying like, to be that, right. The practice. Of yeah, trying. yeah. Yeah. And and being able to apply that now in other contexts. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Often, like on this podcast, we end up talking about gaming and toxicity and gaming culture. Like the one of the points of the podcast is to talk specifically about the culture around gaming more, even because like there's a million podcasts you can go listen to and a million places that you can go and like hear somebody review a game or like tell you about the technical details of a game. Mm -hmm. But personally, I have not found any decent podcasts where you can talk, where people are talking about the gaming community around those games and the effects that these games are having on human beings. You know what I mean? Like, absolutely. Over at YouTube, we are producing video essays on video games. It's a longer form of engagement where we get to put our thoughts down and really dive deep into a single game. We've got some great videos planned, so please consider looking up the coop on YouTube and subscribe to our channel so you can check them out. Our videos will also release early over at patreon.com slash the coop. This, this is my segue point. I guess we can branch off from here, but like, sure. I, like when we talk about toxicity in gaming, this is often like I, I've been struggling how to really get all the stuff that I basically just said into a into a bite sized thing for the average gamer to understand. Like, yeah, the truth is that your average gamer right now has never been part of a local scene. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, when you talk about uh, a community and, and I think about all these toxic communities, there's so many toxic community gaming communities. It doesn't matter if it's local or even online, like Facebook groups, forums, anywhere. But you know what yeah. is not toxic? You know, it's the best community I've ever been in is Monster what? Hunter, Monster Hunter community. Monster Hunter. Let's yeah. go. It is so wholesome, man. There's nobody just bagging on you. There's nobody saying you're bad. Or your build's bad. It's almost always love, and they're almost always dropping information or opportunities to help or to link up. Like it is so vastly different than any other community I've ever seen. Yeah, I agree with that. I I started playing Monster Hunter a little bit before Elden Ring came out. Yeah, and yeah, it was the same experience. I was playing Monster Hunter Rise. Yep, yep. And in the short time that I was streaming that, it was yeah, same thing. All love, all support. People teaching me. I was I was using the bow for the first time and like people were teaching me what, you know, what the good stuff is. And I would also say the other community I would bring up is Final Fantasy 14. Interesting. I I a friend of mine twisted my arm and got me to play Final Fantasy 14 online. I'm like, "Ugh, MMOs, this is going to suck. This mm-hmm. is going to be the worst." I'm going to try and do I'm going to try and do a raid and I'm just going to get flamed all up and down my life. <laughs> and no not the case that's amazing 
That's amazing. It was so, yeah, so many people were just like ha- very happy for me to be there, being super supportive. Yeah. Well, now, was, why do you think a- the culture of gaming is not welcoming to new players? Because that's a common <laughs> thing, right? Like, when you feel welcome, do you feel good? Because it's not I, man, always there. So I, that's the thing is like I have, I do have so many examples in my life where the gaming communities are welcoming. I do yeah. like, like my local card shop. Like I, I think I've told you about this before. Like I've, I've done competitive magic for years, magic, the mm-hmm. gathering and my local card shop, super dope. That's awesome. You know what I mean? But the card shop down, down, like across the city, awful, <laughs> like super elitist, like just brutal. I never uh, want to yeah. go there. It's just size. Like, is it just like a more corporate kind of thing or like at the mall or I, I don't know. I, I think at the end of the day, to be honest, I think that it's it's really about people who have a community mindset or an individual mindset. Absolutely. That's like that's my take on it. I don't know if that's actually true. I, I don't have any good data to make that back that up. I would but back like, that up from my experience. I would definitely say that. I mean, and, and you think about the games that are the most gatekeepy, it's almost always about the individual experience. Call of Duty, even Dark Souls yeah. and, and Elden Ring. It's very, very much about the individual experience. Well, I think and, it's become and, more that way. Like I think I yeah. like people like there's been a lot of people saying, yeah, oh, Elden Ring's toxic or Dark Souls is toxic. Like my experience with because I started playing and getting involved in the online community around Dark Souls in like 2011, like right when Dark Souls one came out. Yeah. Yeah. And my experience of the Dark Souls community was amazing. Yeah. Like it was. Yeah. Like there there were people who uh, especially on the reddit who who were like propping themselves up to be really cool but even then like and and i said this and i i've really been meaning to make a video about this like i really want to make a video about the origins of get good yeah that'd be interesting because people people use it as this shitty insult Mm -hmm. and like but like get good used to actually mean something and was like actually positive when it, when yeah, it was, it was like inspire, it was like inspiring you to, to get better. Yeah, well, it was also like you'd be asking for advice online and like certain bosses, there is no tech. There's no yeah. cheese. There's no, <laughs> you know, like Ornstein and Smo in Dark Souls one. Yep. There's nothing. There's nothing you can really bring to that fight to make it that much easier. Yep. You just have to play it right. You have to get good. You have to get good, right? Like yeah. you, you have to dodge, right? Like yeah. you have to learn to dodge. You have to like move your camera in such a way so you can see where both of them are so they don't clip you like. And know, know which like, one you're you going to pick off first, right? You have to like yeah. be choose. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, exactly. You got to. So you got like, that's what to, to the in that. That's how I encountered get good mm-hmm. was like. You know, there are certain things that where the the solution is skill, like learn their attack patterns, learn yeah. how to beat them and get good. Right. Absolutely. And the, the, you still feel that in the Elden Ring and the Dark Souls community, because I, I really came up in Dark Souls three and then went backwards and then Elden Ring and played mm-hmm. some Sekiro. But like there's still that you still feel that in the community. There's just more and yeah. more gatekeepers. And it's very. <laughs> Has, well, the funny the, the funny thing is, and maybe I'm wrong, but I haven't seen and, and maybe you can correct me. Yeah, correct me on this. But I personally haven't seen very many creators being gatekeepers. 
Yeah, because you can't. You get you get flamed, right? You're right. So TikTok, like TikTok, I don't think you get to see that. But when you go to places like even like Facebook or Reddit, it it is it is definitely increased. Facebook Facebook is a fester pool of Dark Souls players. Dark Souls players love <laughs> Facebook, and and it is it is tough in there, dude. It is tough in there, and you see it a lot. Now creators, you're mm. right. I don't think they can be like that. They might hit you on the sly, like they might say something twisted about a certain you know ash of war or something <laughs> but yeah yeah i mean i yeah. hate bloodhound step and i'll, I'll say it again where's it on his chest <laughs> yeah i got <laughs> i made three videos in a row let's go <laughs> i'm not afraid the, the difference and i think but i think that that's the difference is like i think you're because i think right now generally speaking the the people who are making like elden ring content at least the content creators that I've that I've encountered, like yourself, okay. like most of like very, very few of the content creators are first time Souls players. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And and so I think a lot of them come from this perspective, like because if you stick around in the Soulsborne community long enough, you will understand why the Dark Souls has a community mindset. Yes. Because yes, like I do agree with that. Because like Cause if you filter you through would, the nonsense. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, sorry. So I was going to say, like, you just, without the community, there's so much stuff about the game that you would never understand. Yes. yes. Right? Like a, bu- like, a bunch of my followers were like, I had no idea what poise was. I have no idea how armor works. I have no idea how any of these systems work because FromSoft games yeah. are confusing as hell. Yeah, or right? even the Nameless King. I think of the Nameless King and how you get there. Yeah. Right? I would have never have known about that without the community. Never or 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 yeah, even lore stuff like you know what I mean. Like mm-hmm. like there there's so many. You're like, wait, what is that? Who is whose daughter? Like, yeah, yeah. Or you're watching a video and you're like, I've never seen that boss. <laughs> yeah. Or yeah, like and so you like. I think that what happens and I think what's gonna happen over time is the community kind of the people like who've gone through the experience now understand like. Oh yeah, the community is actually an essential resource to this game and to this yes. experience. Yes. Um and and you can see that you can once you filter through the the gatekeeping, which is increasing, but you can still filter through it. There is a lot of community. It's a big community and it's it is about the community. So you're right, I do agree. And and I think even the people who are gatekeeping now, I think a lot of them in a couple years, you know, are probably going to come back to Elden Ring again, you know, or whatever. When when DLC drops, you know, Elden Ring mm-hmm. is going to have a big player base again. Yeah. And and I think that even like by the time we get a first DLC, we're going to see a very different attitude, I think, from the community. Because it's really funny even like – so I posted those videos talking about how Bloodhound Steps OP, right? Mm-hmm. And, and the first wave of comments is just vitriol, right? Like just total – unmitigated anger and then and it's been up for a while now right and it's still and it's Mm -hmm. still getting pushed to people i'm noticing people still liking it or commenting on it and stuff it's been a couple weeks sure and and now even now the average comment that gets posted on that video is like hmm actually you might be right (laughs) yeah (laughs) or 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 even or like uh you know what like i think it could probably maybe get fixed like this instead like much chiller takes like non-nuclear takes from from randoms on tiktok right i actually remember talking to you about it and i i could feel how nuclear it was through talking to you about it it was like what (laughs) last week or something i was like oh man yeah a week or two ago now 
Yeah, yeah. So that was crazy, it, man. It is crazy. I had to delete so many absolutely foul comments, bro. That's awful. It shouldn't be like that. It shouldn't be like that. And it's just like if people – it comes from – I was thinking about when you were talking about like people coming back, coming around, right? Like just like seeing it a little bit more wholesomely. I just think there's a certain demographic that like love to hold on to things from the past and and aren't af- like too aren't afraid enough to speak their mind. There's too much uh, you can be anonymous on the internet. But and mm-hmm. and then that individual p- component you were talking about, you're making me really see gaming differently in this conversation cuz dark like Dark Souls and Elden Ring is such an individual experience. You inevitably create your character and put that character on a pedestal. Mm-hmm. You you inevitably like identify with it, and it is the best option. You did your absolute best, and like there's dogmas. It's dogmatic. You become dogmatic about your character and your build. Like you know, you you hate sorcery or you, all sorts of things, man. All <laughs> sorts of things. Yeah, yeah, and that's and and like what what I don't like to be honest. I don't I don't really know what the solution is to any of this stuff because I I think. To be honest, I think social media promotes a lot of people to elevate their own opinions. Yeah. So why is Mon- like, I always ask myself why is Monster Hunter so wholesome, right? Or that other final uh, Final Fantasy fourteen you said, right? Like, what yeah. are they doing that creates that? I I think there that part of it, and and this it reminds me of the early days of Dark Souls, where like I think that these communities. I think it has to do with status more than anything. Like I, I don't like, I, I, this okay. is not me trying to dunk on monster hunter or final fantasy, but like if you're the number one ranked in the world at final fantasy 14, I don't know how much clout that is. Sure. Sure. But and like, it, sure. And I'm sure it would clout. be right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And same with monster Hunter. I'm sure that the top players of monster hunter are sick and awesome yeah. and probably have great YouTube careers and stuff going. Yep. But, like, I just, I think that there's, like, I I wish that I could synthesize it down to something, but I, I think it really comes out to the end of the day about whether the communities being built around the game are about, about the, the community itself or if okay. they're about clout and status. Do you think Dark Souls 3 really shifted that away from the community aspect? Because or where do you think it's no? I think I think I don't. I see. Here's my my honest take: is I don't actually think that the core of Elden Ring community is toxic. No, but that core is going to double this. Like, like yeah, like so. What I would say is like I because th- I think that what's going to happen is a lot okay. of the people who played Elden Ring as a single player experience, you know, just like another open world game to add to their list. Like you know they they. Uh-huh. A lot of those guys on PlayStation, right? They're they're done with Elden Ring, and now they're playing Horizon uh, Forbidden West, right? Like, and I think a lot of those people. How do how do I put it? I think that the there there was a huge influx of new players, and a lot of new players brought their very hyper individualistic understanding sure. of the game to the game. Like they don't, you know, they don't understand how poise works, and they played through the game without understanding it. They played through the whole game without watching a single Vati video, lore video. Yeah, they played through the whole game without interacting with the community at all. And then on their TikTok for you page, they see uh, they see my video saying Bullethound steps overpowered, 
and they're yeah. like, you're dumb. I had lots of fun using it. You suck. <laughs> right. Like right. get over it. Right. Like, so that, saying... oh, sorry. like, I just think that there, like, I think that there's just a huge chunk of the community that is not connected to the community. Do you, do you yeah. know what I mean? Like they're just, yeah. they're just like off doing their individual thing. Like, okay. Okay. And, and you could, you could theoretically, I think, blame that on the game design of Elden Ring. Sure. Absolutely. Like, I think Elden Ring is the most accessible Souls game in every yep. sense. Yep. And so the truth is that you don't need the community as much to pick up the game, to play it through to its conclusion. That is uh, you such don't a good need point. to interact with the community as much. That is such a good point. Wow. Wow. You're, you're, I think you're absolutely right. I think you're absolutely right. I, that is so, such a unique perspective. And then I'm kind of attaching that to the Monster Hunter experience. And, Monster Hunter has a lot of numbers and, and like it's it's you have build options and there's a lot to it, too. And I feel like the community adds a lot to that. The creators yeah. add a lot to that. And so it's very interesting. Like if they made it more accessible, there's more shitters. <laughs> <laughs> I just think, yeah, I mean, like it, this is all like pretty reductionistic, right? Like we're all, we're, we're making pretty sweeping generalizations about sure. an entire community of people. Right. I just want to name that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, yeah, I, I think it's, it's at the end, at the end of the day, I think it's just really basic community problems that like our entire culture faces, to be totally yeah, honest. Like, absolutely. We, we are facing a cultural problem of like, we're moving forward as, as a, as a, as a world mm -hmm. and, and society and culture is changing. Mm hmm. And we are, in my opinion, we are moving towards a future where, you know, the the things that we're going to start working on, the things that we as humans are going to start caring about are going to stop being like individual projects. Yeah. Do you know what wow. I mean? Like mm -hmm. we're already approaching that. Do you know what I mean? Like a video game is millions of, of hours of a team working together to achieve it. Right. Mm -hmm. And yeah. like. I, I think that we're going to really rapidly start approaching like, you know, multi-lifetime projects. Yeah. You know, interesting. like that, maybe that's a little science fiction thinking, but like, you know, we're already approaching a level of scientific discovery where we need, we need to do studies over the course of, you know, multiple generations to get good data on stuff. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. Um, well, it did get sci-fi. My brain, I started getting yeah. real deep. <laughs> I rabbit trailed real fast. Anyway, yeah, I'm really spinning out right now. But like, yeah, no, I, I just think, I think that there's like, I, I just, I do think that there is, in broadly speaking, in our culture, there's a cultural divide between the person who is an individualist and who is trying to broadly yeah. speaking, like take themselves and place themselves above others. Yeah. Right. Yeah. At, yep. By it with finance, with financially, with status, clout, mm -hmm. whatever kind of means of showing and and being above somebody else. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We're in that thing. Um, Instagram. Instagram really brought that to the forefront. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. I think social media has has rapidly expanded 
that tendency in people. Mm-hmm. And that bled over to now it's too. micro, right? It's every day. It's constantly you're scrolling your Instagram feed and comparing yourself to to everyone, right? Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Like and, I was talking I, with my wife and I and I and like we were I was just like, you gotta you gotta stop going looking at all those all the mom and parenting, you know, yeah. like Instagram. Cause yeah. like at one point it was good and it was giving you good advice. And now you just feel like crap because you're not measuring up. Yes. And and even in psychology, they talk about upward and downward comparisons. And both actually end okay, up. Tell bringing, me about that. I don't like tell me about that. So when you look down on someone, it inevitably makes you feel good. Even even in like even if it's not super in the forefront, you like feel good about your position, right? Right. That's, right. that's just inevitable. And upward comparisons bring suffering. They make you feel, they just inevitably make you feel suffering, but also looking down on people make you feel suffering a long term, right? <laughs> yeah. When you, when you say I'm doing so much better than that guy, is that healthy? Cause that's not help. That's not helpful thinking. And so just comparisons in general lead to suffering. One's a little yeah. bit longer route and one's a little bit shorter, but like that. And that's all social media is right. You either see something <laughs> that you feel good about or you feel something, you see yeah. someone that you want to be like, and that's, that's like hard and that constant, yeah, that constant, constant yeah. like yeah, constant battle in comparison. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and I and I just like and yeah, and then I think there are people. I think so. I think that's one type of person, and then I think there's there are the people who I feel like are trying to resist that in various ways. Yeah, like yep. And I think TikTok so helps you, that actually. I think TikTok helps in, with not because the the point of TikTok isn't to be have status. Sometimes you know you get big accounts that do have status and those things, but the best TikTok creators and the people that are doing really big things are the people that are the most relatable. <laughs> True. Yeah. Right. Like it's, it's about being relatable. It's not about flexing on TikTok. You can, you can get a little flexy, but if you're not providing value to your, to your content, you're not, it's just such a different purpose. You, you want your audience mm-hmm. to relate to you and that's the exact opposite of Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. I never thought of it like that. Well, and and like I I, I was actually di- dissecting this just uh, a day ago in my head, and I was thinking about your success on TikTok. You're very relatable, right? Like we a lot, of, and like and so like like relatability is one of the most important things on TikTok, which is definitely a step in the right direction. Yeah, definitely. And like I I yeah. Thanks for the compliment. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, you're very very relatable guy. I'm never, I'm never good at taking compliments though. If you're enjoying this podcast, our live stream, or our video essays, please consider heading over to patreon.com slash the coop. You can support our ongoing work and help us expand and grow what we're doing. At any tier, you get access to a second weekly podcast, which will be exclusively posted there. Please consider supporting us on Patreon today. Yeah, we spun this big yarn of like, what's all the, what's the problem, and mm-hmm. like individualist versus <laughs> communalist, and like, I, I, I do think that that at the end of the day, it really is about like it, you can really boil it down to, are you willing to learn and are you willing to be wrong? Yeah, like because there can be even people who are hyper individualistic and are about you know getting wealth and status and stuff, and. Mm-hmm. And they and those are there are people like that who are willing to be wrong and willing to be teachable. Like, yep. One of the weirdest things I've experienced on TikTok has been 
people people like leaving angry comments about how well if they if this is overpowered then they should nerf the thing that you whatever thing you like or some some like yeah. whatever comment like that right yeah yeah and i'm honest like it so those comments are always a bit shocking to me because i'm like well if the thing that i like is genuinely overpowered and is making the game bad like they should nerf it yeah and I, you know i'm so glad you brought this up because <laughs> i've been holding this in my pocket the whole the whole podcast but yeah why do you feel like the culture of gaming hates b- buffing and nerfing things you go into an apex <laughs> forum or okay. you go anywhere and they're like leave it all alone the games you know it's like this idea that like we're crying or we're whining. You see that all over, like quit crying, yeah. like quit whining, right? But yeah, bus and balances are important. I think, well, see, I actually feel too, uh, divided on this. I I actually, in in a basic way, I actually agree with those people. I, I think that this, I think that this culture of constantly buffing and nerfing is genuinely bad. Yeah, like I, I because like take a look at, you know, Smash Bros. Melee, mm-hmm. you know, arguably one of the greatest competitive games of all time. Easily. Yeah. Right. Certainly mm-hmm. the most longest lasting. <laughs> yes. definitely. Maybe Street Fighter 2. I don't know. Or some but Street Fighter 2 definitely. Like yeah. But they don't have the popularity that Melee does. And Melee hasn't been patched. Interesting. Right. So yeah. there's there is. All of Melee's meta is adaptation. No buffs, no nerfs, all adaptation. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and I agree like personally I agree with that. Because you you don't get the Melee gods uh-huh by buffing and nerfing every week. Yeah, but I feel like I feel like games now are are so complex that making characters balance or fairly balanced out the get goes hard for a lot of developers. Maybe they do it on purpose too. Well, so so I so that's what I mean. That's why I feel like I feel a bit of sympathy towards that position because these game developers are getting way more lazy. Okay. Like like they're like games now are not being produced in a finished fashion. A lot of these yeah. games. Like the, yeah. even just think about Elden Ring's launch. Like yeah. it, the the opening area when I played the game was running at like ten frames a second. Yeah, PC got on PC launch. Too. Yep, yep. And they just shipped really that. I bought mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Right, like, and I mean, and 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 like people for are are quick to forget that like we've had we've had quite a few patches that fixed literally fundamentally broken stuff. Arcane was not working as a stat. Yeah, yeah, that's so crazy. You mentioned that too. That, that's so true. <laughs> like, so true. And then you it, look at Cyberpunk, it, right? The gleaming, the, like, oh. the the shiny history of that. Like, that'll be remembered forever yeah. as the biggest flop. Don't, don't even get me started on Cyberpunk, oh, man. I will uh, dude, pop off. <laughs> I got burnt I was so pissed. hard. I got burnt so hard by uh, Fallout seventy six. So yeah, hard, Fallout seventy six. Oh, like, like, so these developers are churning out games that are just. They are shitty, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Like they are unfinished messes sometimes. Not every yeah. time, right? And 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 I think Elden Ring is on the better side of that. I agree with that too, right? Like mm-hmm. the core experience, especially the PVE experience, is fun. Like right out of yes. the box. But yeah, I think developers need to be spending more time on actually producing a game that is like balanced, and then letting a community 
play with their game. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, and then make adaptations like, cause that's what real good. That's what a good, uh, like a, a, a well-designed video game does is it, is there are options in the game that the community will find out as ways of dealing with certain strategies. Yes. Um, on the other side, <laughs> <laughs> to now go to the other side, there's some broken stuff in Elden Ring. Like, now, do you think that's intentional? Do you think that's intentionally put so that you have to balance? That's what I was kind of getting at. Is like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, like that. I that's another. Like, I I don't even think I can really speculate about that. But I don't think so. I okay. my opinion is that I I think that Elden Ring, the stuff that's broken in Elden Ring is due to lack of testing. Okay. One thing that Apex does is when oftentimes when they bring out a new legend, they make him so strong. So mm-hmm. strong. Overwatch did this mm-hmm. a little bit too with Brig. Remember, Brig is the most OP character of all time. Ever. <laughs> Ever. They nerfed her like five seasons in a row and she still had a hard time being balanced. But they'll bring out a new legend in Apex and it'll be so ridiculously strong that you know the nerfs are coming. And then you're like, <laughs> is that is that intentional? Like, are they doing that so balance changes are forced, right? or they'll nerf a legend yeah to drive sales right yeah 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 exactly and they'll nerf a legend to so it doesn't counter the new legend (laughs) you'll see that happen sometimes and so it's very it's very interesting dude i i just think it's unfortunate that we're living in in this world (laughs) Mm like that this is part of even the conversation because yes i totally believe that they that they intentionally released them overpowered to sell skins to drive hype right i I don't think that's what's happening in elden ring but yeah that is that is a confirmed thing that league of legends does like when league of legends puts out skins you literally will see like very often you will see in the same patch where the skins drop those champions get buffed sure so like you're as, me that you blat- as blatant as that, man. Like, yeah, yeah, it's so true too. Overwatch and Apex the same way. Now, you think that that like there's weapons that are clear standout weapons that are very very strong in Elden Ring, right? Yeah. You think that they just yeah. didn't? Test there are three or four weapons that are just in a completely different class. Yeah, and so and you think that there's just acc- I just can't see that being accidental. I think it's accidental, and the reason I think it's accidental is that is the Rivers of Blood. Right. So Rivers of Blood is is at double triple S tier, right? Like it's like yeah. the best in the game. And I the reason I know I can literally say for certain that that's not intentional is because Rivers of Blood was literally not functioning at launch. Like oh. you can go back in my videos and literally there's a video. One of my first videos that did well was talking about how arcane isn't scaling correctly and how if yep. you get this yep. late game item the rivers of blood it doesn't work and it doesn't it deals it deals the same amount of damage regardless of your stats. Yeah, I remember that that's one of the first videos I ever saw of you. Yeah. That's yeah. yeah that was like kind of where I started on TikTok. And yeah, that's yeah, what's yeah. so funny as well is that people are out here being like you call everything OP. I'm like I'm the guy who was talking about how it's broken. Like mm-hmm. I asked them to fix it and it made it OP. No, I, I don't think that they intended for it to be this triple S tier weapon because their systems weren't even working correctly. Like if they were, yeah. if somebody was testing, if they were doing internal testing on that weapon and the weapon wasn't doing, the system was not affecting the weapon correctly. There's yep. no way that they could have known that and balanced it correctly. 
Great right. So they fix the system and then suddenly Rivers of Blood just emerges as this absolute stomper weapon. Yeah. And like, yeah, like, so no, I, I don't think that they've done that intentionally. I don't think that they, I, I think that they missed it in balancing mm-hmm. and Do you think keeping it, uh, keeping the way it is, is intentional. I think or that, they- I mean, FromSoft has a very weird relationship to, to, to buffs and nerfs. I, okay. I can pretty like, I'm surprised that we didn't see it touched in 1.4 or 1.3, but uh, I think not it not being touched is like I I think if we don't see it getting get hit in pa- in the next patch like 1.05. Sorry, I'm just looking up the um. I'm just looking up the patch history. I'm like, wait, what? Yeah, I always I feel like I always need to check this this web page. <laughs> and there were rumors yeah. about it being uh, nerfed, right? Like we all expected 1.4 to have the nerf. Yeah, and and probably like I mean, yeah, who who knows? Bandai Bandai Namco is notoriously not communicative about balance changes. So Yeah, interesting. Um we'll just have to wait and see. And 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 like truthfully, I I don't even know if I would how much I would change. I think the thing the thing that I would target is Bloodhound step personally. But because yeah, I, I do think I do think Rivers of Blood is really strong. But it's strong because of reasons that I know that they can't fix. Yeah, you'd have to like change the um, weapon. Yeah, well, just yeah, the fa- or no, the main problem is the phantom hits. So if you get hit with in PvP, if you get hit with with a status build up weapon and you dodge, it still builds up the status on you. Can that be fixed? That has been in every Souls game. Oh. So the community i'm sure it might be able to but it, people are at this point are convinced that that's like something that is part of the fundamental nature of the of the way ne- like the 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 game engine works yeah and like it's they would know there. about it by now yeah they would know about it <laughs> yeah exactly oh they've known about it they've known about it for multiple <laughs> games and i think if they i think if they could have and wanted to i i think they would have sure Exactly. But yeah, anyway, I, I think where did the where what was the question that got us on all this again? I was asking about the culture of, of nerds. Oh yeah, the culture of people, and people don't like them. Yeah. Yeah, like I, I do so I actually do generally agree. I, I think buffs are better than nerfs, but I also think adaptation is better than everything. If yes. you have a well designed game, the community can adapt to your meta. Yes. And if your meta is too one dimensional. That's something that needs to change. Yeah, and that is you, right? that's where buffs and nerfs usually start, right? Yeah. So, so I like, like, I mean, my opinion, and I do want to actually, I want to make a video about this too. Actually, is like, I actually think Elden Ring has some of the best PvP in the, ever in a Souls game. Like, I think, I think if they, I think if they fix like a few part of the game like i think if they i think if they nerf rivers of blood i think if they mm-hmm. they fix bloodhound step and i think if they do a minor rework on the way poise works i think that you have like in my opinion like the best pvp souls game ever yeah especially and they're we're anticipating on arenas right and so oh yeah they, there's definitely like there's undoubtedly pvp focused content coming Yes. Like Zully, yeah, Zully the Witch on YouTube has a great uh, video breaking down what we learned from data mining, like data mining the Coliseum areas and stuff. Um, yeah, that's cool. So, 
Yeah. So yeah. there's, so I'm, I'm really, really, really hoping that, that the, but then, so then what I would say though, is like, once those like really glaring things are out of the way, like I, they should stop. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> right. Like once the, th- like, but yeah, I mean, you got a whole bunch of new weapons coming. You got all sorts of new content. Yeah. coming. Oh yeah. Like, all the DLC stuff coming. Holy smokes. Yeah. 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 And so that's going to shift things greatly. So I hope that, yeah, I hope that we, hmm, what's a better way of putting that? I just think as a community, people need to like chill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like there, yeah, like there, there are people in the community that are like this stuff for different reasons than you like i remember i played dark souls 3 and like there was balance changes that hit the weapon that i like to use but i wasn't Mm -hmm. pissed off that my weapon was a little bit weaker like i just kept playing the game because i enjoyed the game like it also didn't really very much affect me yeah Um, 100 i feel like overwatch eventually got to a place where it was balanced like they they stopped nerfing and buffing legends or I don't know heroes is it heroes in that I don't know what it is. <laughs> yeah heroes yeah 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 they just they stopped they stopped and so you might see minor tweaks but like most for the most part it's pretty balanced out now which is cool because you see the you see the final product right yeah and I think that that like I mean you just have to take a look at StarCraft as well as another Ooh. great example of a game that doesn't change but like. There, yeah, like there's a great example of, you know, there was well-established metas and understandings, you know, but then, you know, these really high tier players come up with a brand new build order and mm-hmm. it flips a matchup. Yep. Right. So it's like, I believe it was Protoss versus Zerg was considered Zerg sided by, you know, five to 10% in, in Brood War. And then, you know, this one of these amazing Korean StarCraft players comes up with this brand new opener as an answer. And then now the you know, they people consider it, you know, 5% Protoss sided. Yeah. And like nothing changed. Yeah. Wow. It's right? just adap- adapting. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I personally, I think that games like I that's what I want for Elden Ring. Mm hmm is like is yeah for us to have a chance to be able to have metas that grow and adapt to the game and i don't think that the average player understands how significant the current broken items uh, are to that process yeah yeah like there is no like i i can't stress this enough there is no adaptation to bloodhound step yeah, well, and the average player can't see through the lens of the the high tier player either, dude. Yeah, I felt that super they, hard in Overwatch. Yeah, because they because they are just using Bloodhound Step, and they're getting they're still getting crushed in invasions, right? Like they're using mm-hmm. Bloodhound Step, but they're still getting crushed in invasions, and they're like, "How is this OP?" And yes. I'm like, "Let me invade you with Bloodhound Step, and you'll understand." Yeah, <laughs> like, yes. like exactly. You know, like you, the only way you get punished from using Bloodhound Step is by attacking. So mm-hmm. you o- you only ever need to stop using creative movement plus Bloodhound Step. I can, I probably with a pretty high degree of confidence, I think I could like 
like even against high high tier players like i think if myself and harseru gotten a 1v1 and i had bloodhound step and he didn't have bloodhound step mm-hmm. i think he would i think i could probably beat him like 90 percent of the time because it's that good it's that good yeah, because like yeah, like I have I have decent understandings of fundamentals. His mm-hmm. fundamentals are better than me in every way, but I get to break all the rules of the fundamentals. <laughs> exactly. Right? Like exactly. he needs to worry about spacing and he needs to worry about rolling. Every time you roll, you you also you have that little bit at the end of your roll animation where you can get mm-hmm. roll caught. Mm-hmm. And he has that weakness and I don't. <laughs> exactly exactly right so yeah so that's that's what's frustrating i think is just like people uh, people also just have so much loss aversion mm-hmm. <laughs> like oh my they God, see yeah. something and they're like i don't want to lose the thing that i have mm-hmm. yep and that happens in every game that has an, uh, a buff and nerf people and it's dogmatic right it's just blind it's blind mm. yeah yeah and and that's what's that's the greatest irony to me, and that's why I, I said I ha- I said I feel on both sides is like those are the people who are saying lol, just adapt, and I'm like <laughs> I agree, bro. Yeah, like I agree. Like fingerprint shield breaks my ability to adapt. <laughs> yes, okay, right. That's a great point. Like, like things that need to be nerfed and nerfed are things that break the ability to adapt. And point. and even then, I I think that I I I think I'm at a point now where I'm willing to admit that I think I probably overreacted on Bloodhound Step. Not You're because fine, not, be, not because I'm wrong to be sure. clear, but because like I still think it needs to be nerfed and removed. But I think that the 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 way that I have overreacted is that I used to just unsummon every single person who used Bloodhound Step. I used to unsummon every single person who's a fingerprint shield user because I just they're 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 broken and non-interactive. But what I've learned yep. from from listening to other people and from playing the game myself is that the truth is that a lot of and this this sounds like a dig, but the truth is that mm-hmm. a lot of the players who are using those items are not learning the fundamentals of the game. Yeah, I heard that in one of your videos. And, and uh, so they, yeah, and so they, these guys are coming out, and there's a, like, like just the other day, a guy with you know double rivers of blood comes into my game, mm-hmm. and spamming rivers of blood on me, and so I just run right up into his face and stand mm-hmm. there. I just stand there, and then my guy inevitably starts mashing the rivers of blood button, and then I parry him and kill him. Right? Like, yeah. And so it's like. I think the way I think that, you know, there is ways of of adapting. But yeah, like if I'm playing a person of equivalent skill and they're using rivers and I'm not like I'm not going to have fun. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> like, absolutely. That close that that close and fun and interactive match that we were going to have is no longer that. Right. They blow me out of the water. Yep. Yeah. So so I think so. So there's like. I man that sounds that sounds like a funny way of saying stuff. But yeah, like it's like no, I'm not wrong, but also yes, you're right, I should adapt more. That's basically yeah. what I'm trying to say. Yeah, it's so like I, in the I, end it's very balanced go ahead, of you. Go ahead. I was just saying it's very balanced of you. It is it's true too. Like it, it you need to get to the point where it's just adapting, but you can't have things that make it impossible to adapt. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great point. I'm I'm just thinking I like I'm I'm thinking about how this applies to so many games and 
It's just we like so many of these games have completely lost sight of that. Completely lost sight <laughs> of that. And, and then you make yeah. a fair point that Elden Ring is the game that's doing it the best. Because it's so true. Like having as many weapons in Elden Ring and then and then having only four be that glaringly bad, right? It's like is awesome. That's, yeah, that's and, amazing. And, and I'll go even even more is that like the last patch that we got, patch 1.04, which was like 99% buffs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Like you can, I'm literally looking at it right now and it's just like buffing all of the incantations that were crappy just got buffed. All of the big swords that were crappy got buffed. All yeah. the bad sorceries got buffed. Yes. Like that's what I'm talking about. Like Exactly. Like you, like, yeah like buffs like buff all the stuff that is suboptimal and create more diversity yes yes right and, and i think that like a video maybe i should make a i'm gonna make a note about that maybe that's the thing that i should put out next is just to be like what like t like just have some sort of conversation about like buffs are greater than nerfs and here's why you know like let's the goal is to have diversity in gameplay so we need lots of things that are strong yeah absolutely absolutely you should that'd be an interesting video and i think that just there's so much culturally happening with the idea of buffs and nerfs across so many games that, that could go you can make that really general you can make that really general you could apply it to Elden ring but you could apply that to almost yeah. any game that's hot right now yeah very true because yeah think about it like because i think that like for first in my opinion for something to need to need to get nerfed it needs to be yeah like like we said it needs to be something that is preventing adaptation and diversity yep. right yeah and so like like i think that's what's so weird for me about league of legends in a lot of ways is like or, or even thinking about apex like uh -huh. let's say i mean this is just totally random i don't know the state of the meta at all but let's say octane is completely busted for whatever reason sure isn't i i don't think he is but like not currently but he was at one point he was he was like that the, the guy so yeah so let's say octane is super busted like mm -hmm. is there is there any element of octane's kit if it was super power like you know let's say he just had a bunch of like numbers increases on all of his kit if i understand sure. his kit right there's nothing that's a part of his kit that is fundamentally like preventing other people from adapting to his play style right yeah 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 so he doesn't have anything that's not like counterable necessarily right because he's jump just got extra speed jumping his jump pad did impact the game they nerfed that a couple times because the distance traveled like depending on the map Right, it's very horizontal distance, so you cover a lot of ground. And sometimes, combined mm -hmm. with like certain other legends, there was combos that would definitely break the game or break your ability to adapt. <laughs> so it's not so, often so one like, character, but it's a combination of them for sure. But the, I, I, well, I guess the point I'm trying to make is that in the majority of games, like your if you if instead of nerfing the strong thing, you buffed mm -hmm. all of the weak things. Yes that you would much more quickly come to come to an actual balanced and diverse meta. And, so, and these people yes. are smarter than us, dude. And that's why I think it's intentional. Maybe not in Elder Ring. I think you made a good point. I do agree with you there. But these other games are not trying to balance their game. They're not. <laughs> yeah. They're intentionally. And they're trying to use the imbalance as a, as a resource, right? Like, yes. Yeah. And then people get upset that they're nerfing and buffing things with, which is upsetting, but like it's like lost, like you're talking about. But it's also their strategy. It's the it's it's the carrot on the stick. It's refocusing the target, you know. <laughs> yeah. Wow.
What a big circle we did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we did it. We came all the way around. Well, it's it, we're we're an hour plus here, so I think this is a great place to call it. That was a fun discussion, though, man. Thanks for coming that on the super, podcast. Thank you for having me, dude. Super, it went super yeah. fast. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know what? The the it's customary for me to you know pass the mic over. I uh, like please plug all your stuff. Let the people know where they can find you. Sh- oh. Shout out your links. We're gonna have all your links and stuff in the show notes and everything. So sh- do a, do some shout outs. Appreciate it, man. Twitch, you can follow me on Twitch now. We got off Facebook Gaming, man. I can, you can, I can talk about that for a whole hour, though. Yeah, TikTok, you can find me on TikTok for sure. Other places, not so much, man. But we do have a Discord. We have all that stuff, man. So, I, I, again, thank you for having me, dude. Thank you. It was, yeah, it was man. so fun. I, yeah, absolute pleasure. You're you're a blast to talk to. Ever since we first clicked and, and, and had some conversation, I was like, I love chatting with this guy. Thank you, man. So, Goosebumps. Yeah. <laughs> thanks for coming on i think i need to honestly i do think i need to have you to come back though i need to do another one at some point where i want to talk a little bit about you know this time we we talked a lot about gaming you know technical stuff and i really but i really do want to talk a little bit more some other time about like having you know like you, your background is in is in psychology and child development psychology right Yep. Yep. And uh, behavior. Yeah, and behavior is definitely my yeah, behavioral. So yeah, behavioral psychology. Yep. That's right. Sorry, I'm not yep. super good with my terms. Well, no, no, no you're you're right um, in both. I, I, I uh, my bachelor's is in psychology, but then I got into behavior, which are, are a little left and right, but they definitely come together. Yeah. Yep. And I, I really, I've always really wanted to have a good conversation. So maybe I'm going to bring you and my friend, who's a school psychologist, together. Oh, and so cool. and get an episode where we like do a little deep dive on like the psychology of gaming and like just talk about you know like like gaming and learning and like and like psychology i think is like just it's really fun to get into that stuff for me because i think a lot of gamers just just by nature sort of like use games as coping mechanisms or use games as a way to kind of deal with the problems in, in their life in various ways. Yeah. Um, Dude, I'm there. And man. if I, if I didn't have video games, I'd be pacing around this apartment all day long. All <laughs> yeah. Day me long. too, man. Me, me too, man. I'm a leg bouncer. That's my classic tick. Mm-hmm. I'm bouncing all the time. Anyway, that's, I wanted to put that in here. Cause I want to, te- I want to tease, I want to tease the audience. Yeah. Dude, I appreciate- I, anytime you want me, man, I'm here. Just let me know. Yeah. Sounds good, man. Well, thanks so much, guys. And thanks, everyone, for listening. If you guys like what you heard today on the podcast, please consider clicking the links down below. Check out Saratoran Gaming on Twitch and TikTok. Please consider heading over to Patreon.com, where you can support the production of this podcast. Check me out as well on Twitch. You guys know the deal at this point. Yeah, man, thanks again. And we'll, uh, we'll talk to the rest of you next time.